What's up, Ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Tuesday Nights Live. My name is Jay. Top auto logistics video news connecting retail, wholesale logistics, and tech. Your auto transport community media since 2017. Please do feel free to leave a like. Oh, I don't have my bell. That's right. I have this. There we go. That's nice. Uh, click copy, share, grab that YouTube link, sh uh, tell your friends, leave a comment below. Try something new. Please do feel welcome to tonight's show on ATI. It's Tuesday nights live. And uh, we're going to do some auto logistics news as we normally do in our first segment. I've got some used car week recap, car gurus car offer is in the news, and the UAW vote impacts. Uh, well, we're going to decipher that together. We'll see what's going on there. We're going to go into a feature interview with Adam Laura of Assertus. We're lucky to have him. Assertus was talked about a lot at Used Car Week, so this is perfect timing for that. And then we're going to fill out a panel with Joe Bercari, Midwestern Car Carriers, and Royce Neubauer, CEO of Auto Hauler Exchange. That's going to be cool, so we're going to do that. So let's go ahead and jump into some auto logistics news. Um, as I said, Adam Laura, VP of OEM and Strategy. Shout out Assertus. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me tonight. Now, you know Assertus if you're, whether you're a carrier, a dealer, an auction, or an OEM, you know the name Assertus. So, whatever part of the ecosystem you're in, you're familiar with Assertus. In fact, you look at the Platinum Sponsors, and there's Assertus at Used Car Week. This is a big company that's being talked about. And so we're, again, lucky to bring them into an ATI time capsule here on a Tuesday night. This is the ecosystem's neutral zone, so we're very lucky to be looking at the full ecosystem, new and used OEM auction dealer and services. And we follow the disconnect between sales and operations. So we are... Uh, yeah, we're a full-functioning channel here. And by the way, join us Thursday. Um, Carrier Vetting for All is on Dispatching Live on Thursday. Really excited about the new, some of the new look here of the digital bell again. And there it is. We are delivering auto logistics news. So here we go. Let's get started with the news. Only three minutes in. Welcome to Tuesday night. Just pile right in. Thank you so much. Grab some popcorn. And, uh, oh, and I have that too. Okay, great. Let's see what we got. I did want to take a moment again to look at Assertus. If you have a question for Assertus, if you want to learn more about Assertus, if you want to stay tuned to all the growth happening at Assertus, this is an episode for you. Vehicle transport, title registration, vehicle storage, care services, home delivery, vehicle repossession. Uh, there's a lot to Assertus. There's a lot to know. It's not just car haul. This, is, this company serves dealers, OEMs, auctions, upfitters, e-commerce platforms, and personal vehicle shipping, fleet management company, rental car companies. Remember the news? Assertus acquired RCG Logistics. Well, tonight, I hope to learn a little bit more about that with Adam. Um, if we look at news at Assertus, Volkswagen chose Assertus for their railhead logistics in Illinois. That was news in May on automotive logistics. Uh, recently, Assertus launched an update to their TMS platform. We're going to learn more about that tonight as well. And I encourage you to post questions in the live chat. If you missed the show live, put it in the comments below. If you were at Used Car Week, you saw Trent packed a room. Now, Trent couldn't join us tonight, but we're lucky to have Adam Laura here um, in lieu of Trent. But it, there is a lot of information and people were hungry for it. He shared slides. Shout out Lindsey Creech at Assertus and Marketing. Put these slides together. Digital retail home delivery. There you got rail, OEM, ship to the dealer, different size trucks, right? And that's another area where, you know, Assertus knows logistics as well as software, as well as dealers, as well as auctions, as well as titling, and on and on it goes. It's a lot. So we're, we're lucky to have Adam here. This is not a commercial, but rather a chance to remind you of all the things that Assertus does. 
Thank you, Used Car Week, for last week. People are still talking about it. Uh, a great agenda and an expo hall and the attendees. People are sharing photos on social media because they had such a great time networking and learning and sharing. Uh, I shared some slides on social media myself. And in fact, <laughs> thank you, Run Buggy, for putting ATI in your booth. Oh, man. How sweet is that? You, that's real. Okay. Um, that's so cool. Um, I had a panel. I hosted a panel. And we did fundamental or marketing logistics questions. Full house. That was an awesome panel. P rooms were full. We were talking about building the bridge for lenders to improve remarketing logistics, which is an important topic, which again comprises repossession, transportation, um, legal issues, privacy. This is why I say, you know, the ecosystem connects. And you take notes like crazy. You got things to remember. And, and, and I, well, I've got my notepads over. I've been replying and following up with people I've been networking with. That's what kept me busy today. And just one slide like this. Right? You see this and you're like, man, this is just new retail. Automakers, brands, my gosh. The automotive industry, there's so much to learn. That's why I do two shows a week. You know, why not? Um, all right, so let's talk about car gurus to fully acquire car offer. Latest news. Now, I'm always looking at acquisitions and trying to learn more about why. I'm not the expert but I want to know. I want to. I want to impart what I know, and then try to learn beyond that. Car Gurus announced it entered into a definitive agreement to acquire the remaining minority equity interest in Car Offer for seventy-five million through an all-cash transaction. Car Gurus had acquired a fifty-one percent stake in Car Offer in twenty twenty-one. With the ability to buy the remaining equity interest over the next three years, the decision to expedite this purchase reflects CarGuru's goal to capture rising opportunities to strengthen operations between the two platforms. The company noted that the acquisition also helps to accelerate plans for solutions that power its development of a transaction-enabled platform supporting dealers and consumers through every stage of the automotive life cycle. I realize, right? You're, you're like, okay, yeah, you had me for a minute there, and then you lost me. Jay, what are you talking about here? Well, I do want to mention Car Offer founder and CEO Bruce Thompson. He'll step down. Bruce, man, Bruce was all over social media for quite a while with Car Offer, and, and good for him. Um, he is probably going to make out like a bandit here. That's awesome. Just, just saying, Bruce, you know, awesome. And Zach Hallowell is now CarGuru's new head of industry transformation. He'll transition to lead the car offer business. Would love to talk to Zach. That'd be great to learn more. So let's take another look at it. CarGuru's, right? You can buy a car. You can sell your car. And even in the dealer sessions, you'll hear Doug Haddon said it. If you don't have a window on your homepage offering to buy somebody's car, who cares that you sell cars? Offer to buy the car. It changes the way you can look at the whole transaction. And then Car Offer, which does wholesale among dealers, automating inventory, connecting buyers, sellers. So now, yeah, those two are together. That is that is really interesting stuff. And it makes you consider, okay, what business am I in? And who should I partner with? What could I acquire? Who could Who could acquire me? How could this work out to my benefit? So I'm always interested in acquisitions. Let's go to UAW news. Louisville Ford workers vote against UAW contract. We knew it wasn't going to be all celebration, right? There was going to be some pushback. Wait, we still needed to vote? Oh, I, but I already drank all the champagne. Well, uh, you know, you might want to pull the confetti off the floor. UAW deal with GM losing among production workers after... Three big plants vote no, with more than 17,000 votes in out of possible 46,000. 51% of production workers are against the proposed contract. Sounds just like the American election. 49, 51, 50-51. Is there a hanging chad somewhere that's going to decide this thing? General Motors production workers are narrowly voting against the automaker's tentative contract agreement. Uh, workers at GM's Lansing Delta Township. Then it starts to break it down, just like in the, just like in the in the general election. Wow, this looks just like it's it's just like America. 
More than two-thirds of workers who voted at GM's plant in Spring Hill, Tennessee were opposed. Wow, and it breaks it down by, you know, production workers versus skilled trade workers. Ford production workers in Kentucky vote against a contentative UAW contract. Uh, ratification of the contract was voted down by 55% of the production workers, 69% skilled trade workers approved it. So you start to see, wow, what, what's in this thing, right? Members of UAW Local 862 represent 12,000 workers at two plants in Kentucky. Uh, workers at Louisville Assembly. And this is where we have Joe. We have Joe Bercari in the panel tonight. He's going to... So, Joe, please make a note. Put put a pin in it, Joe, because I want to talk about UAW. Just, I want to understand it better. Um, then there's then Stellantis and... Uh, where's the billion-dollar EV stuff that they... Then they didn't move forward. Of course, Biden's in here saying American workers are ready to work harder than anyone else. Sure. Uh, Stellantis declined Michigan's $1 billion offer of EV battery plant. How does that fit in? I don't know. And that's why I bring it up. I start reading this stuff and it gets out of, it gets out of control. And look at all these incentives for Stellantis to build in Michigan. Million here, million there. Oh, I'm sorry. 300 million there, 500 million there. And yet they still chose Indiana. Uh, for far less incentives. Now, they said the Indiana economic development officials pointed out its relationship building in South Korea as its success in winning the Stellantis Samsung SDI project. Ah, Samsung. Expected to create 2,800 jobs, plus the regulatory climate and overall business conditions were a factor in companies choosing Indiana over Michigan for its initial investment. Hmm. Uh, of note... In the UAW, Steph Mack Trucks to hire replacement staff if the deal is not approved. Mack Trucks. So what other suppliers are on the line? How far, how deep does this go? It's a good question. I also want to mention, I, I had this news story up my sleeve about a week ago, and I think it's important. I was talking to Skip Cavanaugh recently. He couldn't be on the show tonight, but... um Talking about truck transportation jobs dropping again, MC authorities dropping off. And, yeah, that should worry you, you know. Um, you don't want to hear that these cuts and losses of, uh, you know, your suppliers run too deep, right? The the car haulers. And, he, hey, here's a guy. But the, I mean, you know, people are interested. Here's a comment on ATI. Where does one look for getting OEM work? Who are the major brokers who move a lot of OEM freight that we can contact to get our foot in the door to stay more steady? Gee, I wonder. If we have any brokers on the show tonight who move a lot of OEM freight that can be contacted, I'll tell you what we'll do is, I was thinking of, uh, I could say, I didn't, I, did, say I didn't reply yet, I could say, watch tonight's show. I wasn't sure. I don't know. I didn't want to impose, you know, yeah, Jay. Um, I'll, also, I just want to say this, and Joe, I want to hear about this too. Uh, Jack Cooper acquiring assets of yellow trucking bankruptcy. What's going on with that? That was hard to understand. It was about as complicated as the UAW votes. I'm not going to lie. So, thanks for taking the time. Oh, just don't forget, leverage ATI in your business. I don't ship cars. I ship information. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Take a quick break. Go ahead and put a, put a pin in it, Joe. I'm going to start saying that on more, more shows. Have a uh, have an ELD punch. Do me a favor. Mic check one two three. Really? Is the sound okay? Is that all right? All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this with Adam Laura, VP of OEM and Strategy here on ATI. Stick around. We'll be right back. Transport Auto Quoter is by far the leading auto quoting software on the market, and the only auto quoter with a pro version that comes preset with accurate pricing for anywhere in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about it. The best part is that no change with your current software is needed. Just plug TAQ in and start booking jobs. Carriers can easily plug TAQ into their current websites and start making money right away. I bet you're wondering how we do this instantly and accurately 24-7. Well, constant analytics is the key. Our price watch team is constantly monitoring current market conditions, paying close attention to seasonal and quick-moving industry changes. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of time and data to maintain good pricing, time that most of us just don't have on a daily basis. So free yourself up. Using TAQ Pro is really a no-brainer. 
Save time and money, maximizing your leads and optimizing your online investments. You'll finally be able to sleep well at night knowing that TAQ is on the job selling for you 24-7. Never missing a potential job. Imagine car shipping without obstacles. We did. The new Assertus TMS puts the most powerful data-driven logistics in your hands, so moving a vehicle from point A to point B is a breeze. Our transportation management system delivers faster speed to market with instant access to carrier capacity, quick quotes for standard and expedited shipping, seamless single and multi-VIN ordering, real-time GPS tracking, advanced digital inspection data, automated and customized reporting, and that's not all. See how far and fast you can go with Assertus. Sign up for your free account today. We are back here on Tuesday night on ATI. We're lucky we have Adam Laura, VP of OEM and Strategy of Assertus with us. I just want to thank everybody for jumping in the live chat. And look at that. Thank you so much. More grow to keep. Making martinis in the super chat. Thank you so much for doing that. It really means a lot. Happy fall with ATI. Um, all right, here we go. I know we used to say hello in the live chat for a while, but we're, we've got to move this show along. People are busy. And so um, here we go. Please do help me wish a very warm welcome to our friend Adam Laura, VP of OEM and Strategy at Assertus. Adam, can you see me and hear me okay? I got you, Jay. All right, cool. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time and agreeing to hang out with me. Um, and then st we're going to stay on for a panel, too. But before we do any of that, please say hello to the ATI Live audience and tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, for sure. Welcome, everyone. Uh, excited to be a part of the show. It's I've been listening in for the first 17 minutes, Jay. It's It's been a great show already. You can tell it's a really interesting time in our market across new and used and, and whatnot but uh we'll dive into that so just a little bit about myself i've been in the industry for shoot 22 years now i know i don't look it but i have been in the industry for a little while now between 3pls and i work for assertus formerly metrologistics been with them since 2014 uh, my primary focus is working with the domestic oems uh, but i do dabble in the remarketing space and the dealer space as well lead a small team and we go out and try to capture as much market share as we can and you know change the way that people move cars and, and the way we work with customers so really excited about the time excited to talk about the topics that uh that we've discussed uh prior to this and uh looking forward to you know meeting the other guys and having a great panel discussion so all right so wait did you said 19 years in automotive well, since uh, 2001, I graduated college and basically right out of there. So we're about 22 wow. years now. I've been uh, wow. I've been in the industry. It hasn't yeah, beaten so, you up too bad yet, then. So that's no, good. That's no, awesome. No, no. Yeah, we've got a pretty good gig over at Assertus. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got a lot of a good work-life balance, but uh, we have a lot of fun, and that's how it started over at Metro Logistics with our founder Scott Nays and Bill Billiter. Rest in peace, Bill. But uh, we had a, a great crew. Where we just it was we were a bunch of cowboys. We were coming in and we were shaking it up, and you know we we signed a bunch of contracts and moved a lot of you know transactional freight and worked with a lot of dealerships and uh, we had a lot of fun. And then we we started to get a little bit bigger and people wanted to invest in us and we've gone through a couple different acquisitions and here we are. We've uh, we've got some really exciting things going on. We've got great leadership at the top and uh, everybody's bought in. At the end of the day, every it's like the Detroit Lions. You got Dan Campbell and you've got. Uh, everything that's going on there and everybody's just bought into the team, bought into the, the, the system, the philosophy, same thing over at a service. Everybody's bought in and we're just looking to continue to grow and, and gain market share. And, and just, you know, you can see we're doing things organically. We're doing things inorganically. Uh, you know, we're acquiring companies and, you know, we're trying to just expand our buying power, our reach, you know, we're trying to service as many customers as we can, because at the end of the day, we're a service company and, that's what we hang our hat on and that's what we have fun with is is doing the right thing uh you know for our customers out there and doing it the right way you said something about you said the word teams a couple times and i wanted to talk about teams because that seems to be one of the areas where not only does it give you a chance to learn more about a company 
And, and I don't want to get in any secret sauce because I also had heard somebody say, well, what, what types of teams do you have? How, how large is this team and that team? You got your outside team, your inside team, right? There's Teams comes up a lot. And I'm pointing that out because that is what makes an organization what it is. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 100%. And more important than the teams, I just think it's it's collaboration. If you can't have cross-collaborations between your internal teams, your external teams, your customers, even your competitors, everyone who we do business with and who we compete against, it's, it's important because we all learn from each other. So, you know, like Jim Harbaugh said, the team, the team, the team, that's the most important thing there is, is the team and everybody buys into that culture because without culture, without collaboration, you know, we'll never have that competitive advantage because, you know, we have to be humble enough and we have to be nimble enough to be able to, to pivot, change our way of thinking, and just really work with each other because we have young people that come up through the ranks that join our company, and we've got, you know, seasoned veterans that are in our company as well. And we're always learning, we're always pivoting, and we're always trying to get better. So, and then since you have a, a, a deep bench within those teams, you the, you need the structure so team members can substitute for each other when need be, right? Because you're managing a lot. I mean, as I, I went through the news, dealers, auctions, OEM, you mentioned remarketing. Um, you've got personal vehicles, FMCs, rental car companies that now re, repossession, which then now you've added another team. If you want to move into RCG now, or there's so many directions to go, where yeah. should we go? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we can we can start wherever you want, Jay, but that's been, we can start with RCG. That's been a you know, it's it just happened not too not too long ago, but it's such a big win for us as a company. You know, Vic and team over there, they did such a great job building their brand and penetrating their markets. And those are markets that we weren't great at. At, at the end of the day, we could we could have bought companies that had similar customers than uh, as we did and, and try to buy up their market share that they would you know that we would compete with. But at the end of the day, this was a strategic move. So because you, you think about it now, I mean, with the amount of defaults on subprime loans right now, with the way the repossessions are you know, starting to, to go off with the and, you know, with the voluntary trade ins, because people are upside down on their vehicles. They can't you know, they just can't afford them with how you know, high interest rates are, how high cost of living is. So we acquired RCG. And it was just, it's been such a home run of a fit so far because we're able to penetrate markets now, like in the financial space. We're able to, you know, penetrate different, you know, moving other types. Of, they're in the freight world, right? We're going to be moving freights. Uh, you know, certain teams within our business are going to manage moving freight. We're going to be able to move RVs and boats and really work on the salvage and the repossession side of the house. And those are areas that we really didn't dabble in at a high, at a high percentage, you know, prior to RCG. We did a little bit here and there, but it really, it takes us, you know, helps take us to the next level. So really joining these two great companies. Uh, has, has been a big win so far. You know, that leads into Used Car Week because um, there was a lot of auto repossession business, professionals, agents, recovery talk, panels. I, I think more than, I, I, I can't even name a time. So the timing with RCG, I, I think it speaks volumes that you saw that. That, you know how they talk about Wayne Gretzky watching the puck where it's going? Good point. Somebody yeah. at Asserta saw where the puck was going. Somebody And, and early enough to do something about it and then make the, I mean, it's, it's, I think everybody's talking about it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, someone clearly has a vision. And it, it's all strategy at the end of the day. And that comes through what we talked about before, teamwork and collaboration, and, you know, bouncing ideas. But, uh. Yeah, shout out to Bills, the Dites, and you know the Cherokee Media, Media Group for for hosting and putting on just a, a fantastic show. Our team came away from that show more energized than ever. And for anybody that was at the show, it was Asturias was recognized, right? We were a sea of orange. We had an army there. It was the big introduction of Asturias and the acquisition of of RCG and you know our joint uh, joint forces in hand and going there and and really. Just having a great time at the end of the day. We had a great booth presence, presence but uh, what you said a minute ago with all the different you know, customers that are potential customers, uh, the amount of people that came up to our booth just to inquire, who's, who's a service? What do you guys do? You guys are all over the place. We're in, we're in panels. We're in speaking. 
engagements. We have multiple colleagues that were getting awards. Um, we were all over the place. And, you know, the, our goal was to go in there and, and make a splash. And at the end of the day, you know, do it the right way, have fun with it. And I, I believe you know, we hosted the cocktail reception on Tuesday nights. Who doesn't love a free drink? I'm sure they were there to, to chat with us, too. But uh, at the end of the day, we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and we're looking for big things to come out of there because we have a we have a team that's been established. You know, we took on the best of RCG and we took on the best of Assertus. We joined forces and we're positioning people in the right seats to really go out there and penetrate the market, really go out there and capitalize on what's going on in the industry. And really, at the end of the day, it's build enough customers. And for your audience here, Jay, is to create enough product that we're moving on a daily basis to keep your carriers full, you know, keep our carriers full because carriers are, are really our most important asset other than our, than, our, than our employees. So without great carriers that we work with on a daily basis, we wouldn't have the customers that we have today. So we're really thankful for that community. Uh, we're really thankful for, you know, it's they have the hardest job in the world. I remember when I was, you know, shoot, this was probably 15, 20 years ago. And one of the companies, uh, that big car carrier, they I got to go to their yard and, and load a truck. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Jay, that was one of the scariest things I ever did. So what these guys do on a daily basis. Totally. Yeah, backing on yeah. these rigs backing off these rigs doing it in the sunshine and the, and the rain and the wind and the snow it's just my, my hat's off to them uh the hardest job out there so we appreciate that community well i also want to point out the truth is that you all are approachable too like i know many people at your company now from trent to paul you terrence john howland i met julie at the show and i'm able to talk to everybody and like that goes a long way when a company is unapproachable i think we can all name you know companies or or just members that feed these they seem unapproachable um it just you keep that and it, it it's amazing because your company is big enough and uh influential enough to where you, if you can stay personable and maintain that business no wonder everybody's talking about Assertus. But before we go to the panel, let me ask you this. So what's going on with the TMS update? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, for sure. And that's that's a big thing. I mean, we were back in 2010, we were the first to market with our with our app when apps were relatively new in the space and, you know, the OEMs were really pushing it from that side because at the end of the day, they want to be able to get rid of the paper, be able to track and trace vehicles. So since 2010, we've just been evolving our, our technology. We've been improving on our overall uh, tech that we push out to our internally, but push out to customers as well as our carriers. So the TMS is important because it, it does a lot of things. There's a lot of benefits. It's a self-service portal. Uh, we get quick quotes for our customers. They can place orders from one to a multiple order shipment, hundreds of vehicles. Uh, it's it's basically the Amazon effect that it creates because now for a customer that places the order, they're wondering where the heck's my vehicle. So we've got the ability to, you know, create breadcrumb trails and real live tracking and tracing on vehicles, so customers can always know, hey, where's my vehicle at? Uh, when is it going to be here? We'll have real live ETAs, you know, and you know, you know, not too many years ago that was pretty bit pretty much of an of an unknown, you know, in our space from a, being a technology enabled company, you know. For customers knowing where their vehicles are so that's really important to us um you know customers gain instant access to the largest largest network in the united states so we've we've partnered with uh 10,000 carriers that represents 25 to 30,000 power units all over the lower 48 contiguous so we've got a large network of carriers out there that we partner with and that's important for customers because you don't want to be a you know, a, a small mom and pop offering a TMS that's, you know, got, you know, a, a small outreach to carrier network. So, we're, you know, we tout it. We're the largest. And plus with acquiring RCG, RCG with their network of carriers, their customers, our network of carriers and customers, we've become the full, the largest full-scale vehicle logistics solution, you know, life cycle of vehicle uh, out, in the, out in the industry. So, um, the TMS does a lot. It can be customized reporting. It can be auto-updates. Uh, Increase vis visibility and shipment status, their spend, their claims management. So, plus they can you know track all their history too. So, uh, it's a great tool for small to medium sized uh, businesses or dealers that we're promoting this to. And then we also have another system behind the scenes that's for for the larger, the mega type dealers uh, right. that we customize as well. 
Well, luckily I speak software because I know there's a lot. It's hard to talk about software without kind of demoing it and showing some screens. So yeah, I threw you a cur curveball there. That's a tough one. But in essence, you have a lot of software. And I do want to say this too, since I got the live chat up on the screen, is that this is this is cool what's happening here tonight is that you're here. Uh, we've got folks that do haul cars here. There are other people. There's other sectors. Dealers. Dealer tech. This is cool. Dealer tech tunes into ATI. It took me a little bit of research to uncover this. They don't say much, but there are a lot of dealer tech reps and companies that actually tune in. They open the email. They check out the show. And I know this from Used Car Week, coming back to that, is that a lot of people tune in, and you know this from being at a booth in the expo hall. You don't talk to everybody, but they see you. They hear you. And the fact that we're even collaborating tonight, I think, speaks volumes. It's a good sign. So um, let's do this. Let's move into an engaging panel. You got time for another segment? Yeah, love to stick around. Thank you. All right, cool. So, all right, do me a favor, stick around, Adam. What we're going to do right after this is we're going to bring in uh, Joe Bercari, Midwestern Car Carriers, who knows OEM. And then we've got Royce Neubauer, CEO, Auto Hall Exchange, who knows tech and freight and brokering. This is going to be a great panel. And uh, we're here to learn, share, collaborate and build that bridge stick around we'll be right back yeah so let's be honest with it everybody as an operator like myself we're always looking to save expense okay and so if i can get a product that is just as efficient as as another product and yet save a ton of money that's what i'm going to do and so i think the value proposition that dealers link offers is unmatched right for what we spend on dealers link for what we get from dealers link full spectrum, the marketplace to support, the OEM data, the Fastbook tool, the, the mobile applications that you have, uh, it, the value proposition is huge. Um, and I definitely would recommend, I have recommended, uh, we are continuing to install it into our stores uh, as we speak. Request a live demo at dealerslink.com now. Are you ready to take a leap into the future of vehicle logistics? Auto Hauler Exchange is the first pure B2B marketplace in vehicle logistics, where shippers and carriers live and work directly in one ecosystem with no middleman. Shippers simply post their shipping opportunities directly to highly vetted carriers around the country. Once a carrier sees a shipment opportunity which fits their need, they simply check that shipment out of the exchange with just a few clicks of a button and with no third-party interaction, getting your vehicle on the road with ease. We have proven our B2B marketplace is a more efficient, transparent model for vehicle logistics where shippers and carriers connect one-on-one. -on -one. Take it from our clients themselves. Get off the vehicle hauling roller coaster today with Auto Hauler Exchange. Auto Exchange, B2B Marketplace, connects shippers directly with carriers, and that means putting the power of the business transaction back in the carrier's hands. Visit AutoHollerExchange.com. Thanks for hanging on, jumping in the live chat, saying hello, leaving likes, and making it rain. Here we go. This is cool. We're going into the panel now. Drum roll, please. Please do help me wish a very warm welcome to our friend, Joe Bercari, Midwestern Car Carriers, and Royce of Auto Hall Exchange. Gentlemen, can you see me and hear me okay? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. All right, Joe, I saw you in here first. Joe, please say hello. Tell us a little bit more about you. I'm Joe with Midwestern Car Carriers. I've been with them since 2019, and my job is to handle all general operations for the company. Perfect. And Royce, please say hello. We know you, but please yes, say sir. hello for any first-timers. Yeah, Royce Neubauer, uh, founder and CEO of Auto Hauler Exchange. I've uh, been in logistics and supply chain for roughly 23 years now. Kind of aging myself like Adam tried to earlier, but he looks a lot younger than I do, so he's doing better yeah. than me. Adam looks the best. <laughs> he looks great. Well, he's been in vehicle logistics. I started out in freight for 20 years. That's oh, a, that'll that's age a, you like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Hey, and by the way, Nexus dropped a a large bill 
in the live chat. He's going to leave it there. So thank you so much, Nexus. Wow. That's cool. All right. So we're going to move into our panel discussion now. There's a lot on the table, and I've talked a lot. Does anybody have something they want to say based on anything? News? I got I got two pins. Oh, wonderful. Down, so, yeah, let's go to the pin. So you tell me when you want me to go on Yeah. This. Now, Joe, let's go to pin number one. Let's do that. Okay. Um, first pin was uh, was the UAW uh, contract. And, mm. uh, you know, it's kind of a prickly subject because, <clears throat> excuse me, this was a really <clears throat> unprecedented contract, a lot of very different things than what we've seen over the years. Um, you know, typically the strategy for, for the UAW and the company has been a little bit different. Um, and so this was, a, without a doubt, a very different uh, negotiation. Um, you know, the, the, uh, I'm not going to comment on the outcome of it at this time. I think that that's probably premature because at this stage, the, the parties haven't really ratified it. You know, the, 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 the committees came up with a, with a contract that they felt was workable across all three of the manufacturers, and, uh, and they sent that back to the membership. And now it's in the phase where the membership is is reviewing all of this and deciding whether or not this is something that they you know that they that they voted for. This is you know remember they they voted this team into existence in order to be able to negotiate this contract, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be whether or not they feel like they uh, negotiated on their behalf. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see how you know how this shakes out. There have been a lot of yeses, and there have been uh, a a lot of no's, uh, and I think that uh, some of those yeses are uh, are resounding, and maybe some of the no's too. So I think you know the next several weeks is going to determine a lot about you know whether this was deemed to be a successful contract or not from both the manufacturers and from the UAW and their membership, and whether or not they feel like you know their needs were met and were met, and that uh, you know what they were chasing was satisfied. Royce will return. I feel oh, there he is. I feel like it's a yes. Does I don't know. Anybody else want to chime in there? And I don't know how this directly impacts my life, but Joe, this is this does have a deep impact, right? Big time. Big yeah. time. Well, so what's interesting to me, and, and you know, I go into the details a lot, is is that um if you if you look at the differences a lot of times you know, to to the outside viewer, the UAW is just this big nebulous thing, but it's actually comprised of several segments. You know, you've got your your line workers, your skilled trades, you know, and so on and so forth. And that's where all those you know tier one and tier two things, and you know, all that all that uh, complicated minutia comes into play. And what's more interesting to me is who voted yes and who didn't. The people who voted yes tended to overwhelmingly be the people who were tier one and would be, you know, elevated and escalated to a tier two status. Um, a lot of the current tier one people, they didn't, you know, that, that voted no, seem to have voted no at the places that they voted no. Um, when you dive into the details, you find out that it tends to be a lot more about like local issues and, you know, particular things that happen in that locality or particular things that happen with that particular plant that they feel like were either, either, you know, addressed not enough or what have you. Um, conversely, by the way, and, and again, I want to be balanced here. A lot of the places that voted overwhelmingly, yes, you know, these places felt like, you know, it was near unanimous. You'd see the people on the skilled trades and on the, the tier one, tier two, they, they were like, thumbs up, we're in, green light, let's go, we're ready to get back to work. And, you know, that that has had, uh, so the, 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 the differences are, are very, very stark and, and, and kind of deafening. And I think, you know, it, it bears more study. Uh, this time next year, there will be people doing, you know, college treatises on, on, on labor theory about what happened with this contract and whether it was a net win or a net loss for who and who and, and that kind of stuff. I, I think, you know, a lot of things changed this year and it was it was really fascinating to see, you know, as a as a student of the industry, I would say this this was a really, really good one to watch. And more information I'm sure will come out later on that will, you know, even further uh, you know, validate or, you know, or decry <laughs> the outcome of this particular contract. Wow. That's pretty interesting. I like the way you, uh, when things are looked at as case studies, 
it adds to the depth of what there is to look at. Labor theory. Well, you, you know, people, labor unions and, and, and companies, I mean, at the end of the day, it's groups of people. You know, it's not much different than, like, you know, political communities and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just that there's a particular common goal in a business that, uh, that is, is driven towards and, you know, perhaps the similar or perhaps differing aspects on how to get there. And I think that, um, you know, when, when you, when you, when you drill down to what was, uh, what, what was hammered out in this particular contract, ultimately the question is whether or not we feel like what we got is something that we needed and that we can live with until the next negotiation, which by the way, is really not that far away, only like four years and change. So, you know, you know, you it, sometimes people are quick to say, oh, we didn't get enough in this contract. Yeah, but four years from now is not that long in the scheme of things. You know, if, if you're a person who's just starting out in this industry and, you know, you've, you've got 15 more years to work, you got three, four, five more contracts in front of you where, you know, hopefully the things that, that you feel are important can at some point become addressed. So, you know, a lot of that goes into this kind of thing. It's all, it's really all about local issues, in my opinion. It's really all about you know kind of the local priorities and and um, you know those those sort of important local things. And there's a there's a sort of a half pin. I put the pin. You didn't. I did. I put a pin in one of your comments about you know why was it that um, you know that this particular place was more favorable than that particular place when and when an agency decides to invest in you know, a battery plant or, a, you know, this and that. And the other thing. it's really not all about just that top line of, oh, we'll give you, you know, uh, to make it ridiculous. To, we'll give you a billion dollars. Yeah, clearly. So that that would, it's right. not about that. You got to remember, there's a much, much larger picture. The infrastructure matters, you know, whether goods and services can be conveyed, whether the community can even support the amount of, of inbound or outbound logistics that exists, you, you know, it's great to have $500 billion worth of incentives, but if you've got the yard the size of a postage stamp, it'll cost you three times as much to be able to operate out of it, then, you know, those incentives become rendered meaningless. Uh, or, you know, there are also other concerns with local government and whether or not you've got a pre-existing relationship with those governments or not. So, you know, again, back to the core point, local issues local relationships local local decisions really really matter when it comes to this kind of stuff royce i would agree with joe there i think the indiana versus michigan decision there had more of an aspect of a governmental decision rather than an infrastructure decision but i want to go back to the previous comment joe when you're when you're talking about uaw contracts and we know this is going to increase the cost to make goods right the cost to make vehicles goes up what do you feel the down, the trickle effect is to the carrier? Because just being in logistics as long as I've been, typically when the cost to make goods goes up, there's a squeeze point. And the squeeze point always turns into the spend center. What spend center can we cut off? And just from my experience in vehicle logistics and freight, the first place they try to cut is, is on logistics. How do we cut the rate? You know, how do you think that's going to impact freight rates or vehicle logistics rates around around the globe, or more or less here in the U.S.? Well, uh, this is a this is a very complicated subject. Uh, freight mm -hmm. rates, um, you know, and I think I get roped into one of these conversations just about every time that, that I, Jay <laughs> calls me on here about this. But um, so, look the 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 freight rates today, there, you can go online and there's a fantastic resource called FRED.org. And this is a federal um, uh, federal uh, database that has uh, a, a, about a jillion different indexes and stuff like that. And all of them are vaguely related to the federal economy and stuff. Yeah, it is a, um, a really fantastic resource if you have the time to just go and do mm -hmm. some clicking around. <clears throat> and... I happen to be on that resource today uh, for a couple of reasons. And uh, one of them, one of the things that I was looking at had to do with the general cost of freight. They have like an index that shows what's the average freight rate as it, you know, as it tends to go. Uh, 
Um, they sort of peaked around 2020 and 2021. And we are kind of in a valley at this point. So let me say it a different way. Right. Um, we're in a valley. We a started. This is just a bit of a gully, as they said. The, in the big we're show. on the bottom hill of a roller coaster, right? And Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, by yeah. the way, uh, That's how I've always described it. It doesn't take much to, to, to do this research, by the way, also. About every week, there's some carrier who is small to mid-size, whether it's just a brokerage carrier or a, you know, a fleet-heavy carrier or some other LTL thing or whatever. I mean, you know, it's easy to get so- soaked up in the big stories about, like, these massive carriers and their goings-on and all that. But right. um, there are a lot of very small businesses that have taken that have fallen victim to you know to the susceptibility of the market right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, right now, and one of the things that you keep on, you know, at some point in time, if you hear the same thing over and over and over again, it it, it compels you to believe it's probably true. That a lot of them are saying that you know headwinds, interest rates, the cost of capital. And declining Insurance, freight rates that parts. are, in, you know, not, well, well, part, so <clears throat> manufacturing costs, parts, costs, everything all, all, right? yeah. that that all falls into. There's a rule of five yeah. when you get into this kind of thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, every job that's impacted has five, five more that are impacted. And each of those five have five more off of them, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, a- absolutely. The, the whole the whole of it is is tied together. And. But you keep hearing these stories about these companies and, you know, that sit there and say, ah, you know what, we've been around for 90 some odd years and we've just never seen an environment like this. And, you know, freight rates are going this way and costs are going that way and, you know, all that other stuff. And it's true. They are. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, you just have to go to the grocery store to, to, to put that <laughs> out. So it's, that's 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 not that's not rocket science. But, um, yeah, no. Th- there, there is probably going to be a little bit of gnashing of teeth as a result of these decisions. Yeah. I think that that's really what it just boils down to is that there's going to be some gnashing of teeth. As with many things, our market will adjust and our economy will, will follow behind it. There will probably be some some you know some strain. There will probably be some anger. Um, you know, it's really going to be up to the to the to the real performers to be able to survive it and and what does that boil down to the second most popular thing that i say on this every time that i've invited i'm not even go ahead jay what is it you <laughs> relationships Probably. all about relationships i was going to go relationships back to the with your customers you were on twice in the past 60 days i think or more yeah I, yeah, yeah I, I and every time it's always it always comes up yeah. it's all about relationships it and is. being able to look at your customers in the eye and, and explain you know and, and have them believe you when you say this is what's going on this is what yeah. we need. And, and you have to have a working wage right i mean i think anybody that studies the craft the way you do and, and adam you know there is a cost of doing business there is a working survivable wage and if you're just constantly driving down that market cutting throats people are going to go out of business i mean a resource we use is obviously freight waves is a great resource i mean freight volume is down 30 percent year over year rates are down over 25 percent year over year right mm-hmm. they're saying mc numbers are failing at a 30 percent clip right now 30%. Yeah, that's who you're talking about that's the small mom and pops yeah. it's not the yellows it's not the convoys it's it's the mom and pops that are disappearing well, now, them too, they, but yeah. <laughs> they, they exploded 2020 and 2021, right? You saw, you know, MC numbers just popping left and right. We were we were setting up new carriers left and right with brand new MC numbers. And a lot of those companies that didn't have enough time to build those relationships are the ones that are dissipating today. Well, there's more to it, too. I, I, so so you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, that no doubt that that... Um, that's a factor, but there are a lot of factors too. And I think, you know, again, you, you really, in this industry, you really have to have a very nuanced approach to be able to see, you know, look at the relationships of things. And, you know, uh, it, the cost of insurance has done nothing but climb since 2019. Well, the cost uh, of the trucks in 2021. I mean, 20% every year. Next year and the next two years, probably put it put it in an envelope. Going to go up twenty percent every year, whether we like it or not. You know, if uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter if the next president stumbles across ten trillion you know ten trillion gallons or whatever metric unit they use of yeah. of, of of liquid vibranium, vibranium the damn thing they're, they're going to go up twenty percent. It's going to happen. So, 
uh, you know, that that these things are, are also part of the equation. And, under, you know, the, there is a, a failure rate that's also expected. You know, I, I don't know uh, what the what that norm is. But, you know, also, too, and, you know, we talked about this a lot over the years that I've uh, that I've uh, been on with Jay is about these uh, people that get into this business buying a pickup truck. And a, and a, and a, you know, and a steel trailer yeah. and thinking, oh, I'm going to be making it rain here just in a minute. And, you know, I, well, well <laughs> don't quite work that way. You know, that's, that's, that's the same person on, on, uh, on the, the Facebook chat, chat group that's saying this broker is, uh, you know, squeezing me out of life and limb and so on and so forth. So, um, I want to say a thank you questions imposed. This is a top notch topic, which I doubt can find, um, continuation there. What I wanted to say is this, is that I want to thank, we're going to, I'll let you guys go here in a minute, but I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation in that um, there's a lot of growth and change, but there is a lot of tough as well. I mean, Joe, you just said gnashing. Woof. There'll be a lot of gnashing away. Adam, what's going through your mind hearing these guys talk and, you know, you're on this ATI panel? you got to be thinking, Trent, what'd you get me into? No, I, I mean, both of you guys, you said a lot. And the, the market and the world we live in, my, the only thought that keeps going through my head is, who's going to win, who's going to lose? What's the tipping point? Because at the end of the day, when you're talking about, because I just paid my insurance bill for my cars not too long ago, and I'm like, geez, they keep going up at you. know, If you're paying a you know, thousands of dollars for trucks. At what point is it like the cost of doing business just not worth it anymore? When when diesel fuel prices is you know was skyrocketing and your insurance costs are going up and labor costs are now going up and we're going through the UAW issue. You know, there's not as many vehicles that are being shipped right now. There's there's just so many things that impact our daily business that when we do squeeze, there's, there's, there's always reasons to squeeze because we need to keep the lights on. You know, we need to be able to pay our employees. We need to be able to, you know, to keep chugging along. So I love the one thing Joe said is it's all about relationships. And I think that is so spot on because there's been so many times that, you know, when we were a younger company as Metrogistics, we used to rely on transactional work and it wasn't always there. And, you know, we were called the garbage men of, you know, of, you know, one of our customers. It was a good thing. It was a compliment because we would take all the, the big stuff, all the crap. And I just said, you know, we're, we've got to be there through the bad times, just like we got to be there through the good times. I can't just disappear. So you guys touched on so many things. And those are the things that kind of go through my head. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested. You know, we're upon election year next year. How are things going to pivot? You know, once we, you know, we get a new leader in the office, um, you know, and so on. So it just, at a certain point, the scale needs to stop tipping and, you know, it needs to tip more in our favor and, and the, in the people's favor. If, you know, people want to be able to, you know, live a good life and be able to afford things. And more yeah. comments on that. And there are actually yeah. notes that I already had, but I don't wow. want to monopolize the show. If that's, if I'll I... just, I'm just going to say this, the seventies, somebody sent me a video. Is it the seventies all over again? And as no, I like, no, 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 no. Okay, no, good. Totally right. Different. Don't nobody. Um, yeah, no. Uh -huh. Go with yeah, <laughs> Joe. You say something, not the seventies. So, so, so um, one of the comments that Adam made was about uh, the the car sales. This is one of my notes that I wanted to make sure I brought up today. Uh, there's a there is a, sort of the measure of our industry on new vehicles is called the SAAR, seasonally adjusted automotive retail sales, and. Um, Kind of an interesting thing. I, I, again, that was one of the reasons I was on that Fred website I mentioned before. Uh, right now, uh, our current sales is 15.9 million per year. Now, th now, this is an adjusted rate. So, in other words, it takes a snapshot of the, of last month's rate of sales and then applies it against uh, a rolling 12 average of the previous 12. And that's how it sort of, you know, figures out. It smooths out all of the crazy, you know, well, it's crazy sales month in March. And it's, you know, it smooths all that stuff out. Um, so our current uh, sales is at 15.9 million per year. Uh, January sales were, interestingly, 15.6 million per year. June, just six months ago, 16.6. Uh, now, 
Uh, what do all those numbers mean? Well, for perspective, the average sales per year in 2019, pre-pandemic when the world was normal, was 17.0. So we, at our peak this year, were only 400,000-ish units less than the normal world. My question to everyone here, does it feel like that to you? Sure as hell doesn't to me. No, and it doesn't on the back end as well, because to, to get a used vehicle, you have to have enough used vehicles to replenish people's lots, and people need to drive them and turn them back in. So we see it on the back end as well. It's very hard to come across vehicles. And then when, you know, when uh, supply was low, what happens? They raise the rates, and, you know, they try to charge a lot of money for their vehicles. So it's just a cyclical effect. New, my belief, new car drives the total market because, you know, your rentals are going to replenish their, they're going to deplete, replenish their lots, your FMCs, you know, your, your you know, all your, all your different, uh, you know, customers like that. So without new, it's, you're not going to have as many new uh, used down the line. So, so yeah, that's, it's no, I, I agree with you, Joe. It just doesn't feel like it. No. And I don't think it's because there's more capacity on the market either. The ATA has, has said for the last, well, since I've been in trucking 20 some years, uh, has said that we have a driver shortage. It's a driver shortage. It's the worst it's ever been. Next year is going to be the worst it's ever been more. And the year after that, it's going to be so bad that, you know, you know, bunnies will stop multiplying or whatever the hell. So, you know, I, but, the, you know, I, I will say that there are less Class A CDL drivers out there, and I think that that is a serious problem. Uh, I think that that's as much a demographics problem as it is an economics problem, and they could go. I could probably, you know, debate well, people dying about that for hours. But uh, the point of this is that, um, you know, I, I think that there is less capacity in 2023 as a whole than there was, you know, as an aggregate in, in 2019. And yet for only half a million units a year difference, which is not that big of a swing in the scheme of things, I feel like we are way less busy this year. But remember, this is a current 15.9 million is a current, and that's taking into account the disruptions from the UAW strike that have happened for the last six weeks. So, you know, it seems to me like, you know, that things just don't feel right. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with the economy, yeah. but again, things just don't feel right. I think the weirdest trend in 2023 was there's been big surges, right? We've seen massive surges and then big fall-offs where typically those happen over years. It's happened over months. Yeah, We'll see a massive pop and just extreme volume. And then all of a sudden it just falls off a cliff. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to the macro point that Adam was touching on earlier you know, we're, we're in a difficult time, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, I think the vehicle hauler is kind of facing the toughest road ahead, even potentially tougher than COVID. Because when you're looking at an increased cost to make the vehicle and a friction of raising vehicle hauling rates, shipping rates, nobody wants to raise rates. So who's going to survive? And I definitely agree that relationships is, is at the key of that, but it, it goes a little deeper than that. It's the partnership that you can develop between the shipper and the carrier. And how do you bring value to both parties? How are we going to drive a relationship where I'm bringing enough value for my shipper partner by not necessarily driving down the shipping costs, but driving down other ancillary costs for them? Are there back office costs that I can figure out? Can I get that card a lot frontline much faster than my competitor to where the shipping rate itself doesn't necessarily come down. So now the carrier still gets value out of that relationship and the receiver gets value because that car gets there faster and they're able to sell it quicker, recondition it faster. I, I, I do think it you have to develop a true partnership and you have to have people that are, are honestly masters of the craft that are not just looking at moving the vehicle. They're looking at all the other ancillary costs behind the scenes and how do we drive out some of those costs to keep that freight rate up for the driver. So it, it is a, a I, I look, look at it as a puzzle and that's what sucked me into freight 23 plus years ago. And I love you know, putting together that puzzle every day. And I think we're in a, involved in a, a situation here where 
you can create some awesome solutions for carriers around the country and some awesome solutions for, for OEMs and, and dealer networks around the country, or you can look at it as a problem. I look at it as an opportunity to succeed and, and, and find value and find opportunities to help our carriers thrive through this downturn. And, and we've always done that on the freight time, on the freight side of our business is, you know, how do we help them thrive? How do we get them through it? How do we help them grow through it? And we're looking at that, this as an opportunity to provide different solutions. And I think it's in the toughest moments where you see, you know, companies create big solutions that kind of change an industry, right? And I, and I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for, you know, the three of us and, and many other companies to really find those solutions to possibly change the way cars are moved moving forward. Great. I, uh, I, I want to, yeah, I want to just take that and, and finish with this is that, uh, one of the things I have, as I looked at the expo hall and many conversations, uh, is that on carrier relations, how are, I mean, this could be an interview series. How does each company actually build carrier relations within their organization and i don't mean strategy but actually you know through phone calls or whatever it is that human that human touch we on my repo panel we talked about how uh i think i, I was i've said it in jest but it, it actually is true is that with dealers and auctions there's donuts and going to the location and getting to know everybody but does that ever happen at the repo lot? Right? And when I've seen some uh, larger asset-based carriers, you know, throw a barbecue or whatever it is for some of the drivers, and that stuff's awesome, but how much of that happens? And what's the outreach? What's it look like? And not just having a barbecue, but... Someone being able to make a phone call, talk to somebody. I think carrier relations, as we move farther into wherever this is going, actual carrier relations. I should set up a company called actualcarrierrelations.com. Well, well, I think, Jay, I think you're leading some of the charge on that, right? I mean, I can go back to Used Car Week and the panel we were on. How many people would have had Rod on that panel? He's... He's, oh, yeah. he's a great i mean he's a he great was carrier, great but you yeah. know they're not they're they're a smaller carrier right and and i yeah. think people forget that it's the smaller carrier that make up 90 percent of the volume that's moved in this country and when is their voice going to be heard you know who's supporting them who's asking them what their problems are because their problems are different than the large fleets vastly different Right. And but they are the backbone of, of logistics in this country and, and whether it's vehicle logistics or freight. So I thought you know, Rod's perspective was phenomenal. And, and you know, I think more of that is needed. I totally agree. He and he had said, hey, you know what? what I don't have any notes. I don't know what I need to talk about. And I was like, I'll just and I just said to him, tell me about transport mode. Yeah. And he what, went. What's your life like? Yeah, like, exactly. How yeah. How are you? So. surviving? Yeah. Yeah, um, which is great because that is a perfect place for a segue onto another conversation, another time. Thank goodness I can't cover it all in one show. I wouldn't have any more shows. So, um, just you know, problems help you in your business, Royce. Will they help me too? And and we we're here to fix them. We're here to talk about them to dry things out into the light. So thanks for helping me do that tonight. You know, this is episode 320 in a row on a Tuesday night. Congratulations. <laughs> what was that self-congratulatory statement, Jay? <laughs> you listen, put a pin in it, Joe. Uh, I want to thank Joe, Royce, Adam. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for nice being here. Nice to see you guys. Thank Great you so much. And uh, live chat, appreciate you. All right, what I'll do is I'll end the meeting there. Good night, gentlemen. And um, and I want to thank you, live chat. I want to thank you, everybody, for whether you're live or on demand, for tuning in to ATI. I had a lot of people come up to me at Used Car Week and just get random. Great job on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, man, I watch. And it was cool. Really, really cool. Um, seven years in 
to yeah. I I don't I didn't I don't think I had to explain the channel to anybody. I maybe one or two guys, you know, that you know live under a rock, in some you know remote island. No, really, it was wonderful, and I thank you for tuning in, saying hello. I appreciate the support. Thank you, Superflow Systems. Thank you, Nexus. Whether you're making martinis in the super chat, or you're contributing, or you're commenting, or you're saying hello, thank you so much for doing that. Really appreciate you. Uh, Murphy Auto Transport, Transport Auto Quoter, Dealers Link, Auto Hall Exchange, and Assertus, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Really do appreciate it. Please do join us next Tuesday night for show 321. I think it's going to be a good one. Still working on it. And, 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 hey, shout out, no joke, Trent Broberg, CEO of Assertus, uh, worked really hard to help me put together tonight's show. And that, I mean, that means a lot. That's real. Yeah. Thank you, Assertus. Really do appreciate it. Um, so more conversation. Let us know what we can do to help actualcarrierrelations.com. Coming soon to a website near you. Thanks for tuning in, saying hello. Here comes the car hauler. Have a good night, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Thursday, uh, motor carrier vetting for all. Join us Thursday. Thank you. Mm -hmm.